And you know, it's amazing how sometimes we just get caught up in the details and we miss what's really important in life. It's relationships. You know, relationships will go with us into heaven. But all the stuff that sometimes we put all our energies into, that's just going to stick around here. But I just want to say, I've been, I started a series last week on relationships and the importance, the DNA of relationships. And, you know, we talked about the three most important relationships in our life. The first one is, who do you think the first one is with? It's with God. It's with God. And if that relationship is out of whack, then everything else is out of whack. And so we need to have that relationship in place. Thank God for Jesus who made it possible for us to have a really intimate, close relationship with our Father God. He took away the barrier of sin. He took away all those things. And, and so we have a relationship not only with the Father, but also we have a relationship with Jesus and we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit who comes to live in us when we receive Christ. So it's an amazing thing that we get to partner. He gets to partner with us. We get to partner with him. Uh, it's an amazing thing, and yet sometimes we take for granted that relationship. The second relationship uh, that I want to talk about is extremely important, and that's loving ourselves. You say, loving ourselves? Are we supposed to love ourselves? Isn't that selfish? Isn't that narcissistic? Well, it can be if you love yourself in the wrong way. <laughs> if you just love yourself and say, man, I had a rough week. I'm going to go on a shopping spree today. And, uh, you know, and uh, that's, that's not loving yourself. That's abusing yourself. <laughs> or if you say, man, I just need to do something that's going to free me. I'll just go have an illicit affair, and maybe that'll make me feel better in my life. I want you to know those things are not loving yourself. They actually bring destructive destruction. But when you really love yourself, Jesus said this. He said in Matthew 22, he said, the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then he said, love your neighbor how? As yourself. So if you don't love yourself, you're going to have trouble loving others. But loving yourself is not just a means to an end to be able to love other people. There's much more to it than that. But if you don't love yourself, everything is through that filter. If you don't like yourself, if you hate yourself, if you have this where you don't really love yourself the way God's called you to love yourself, you know what? You're going to see everything through that filter. You're going to see other people through that filter. You're going to even see God through that filter. It's going to hurt your relationships. So I believe the second most important relationship is loving ourselves. And then when we have loving God and loving ourselves, then we're able to love others and we're able to come into that. And you say, well, why? Why? Why should you love yourself? Well, uh, I've got a scripture here that I believe tells you why. And uh, in fact, uh, Roman number one is why is it important to love ourselves? Well, Genesis chapter 127 says this. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Now, I want you to know that you are made in the image of God. Think about that. God created you. He knew you. In fact, in Psalm 139, it says he knew you even before you were formed in the womb. So God knew you from even before you came into this world. And it says he has a plan for you and he loves you. And, and so you are created in his image. So for you not to love that, that image, to love who he's created you, is really a rebuke to God. So say, I am created in the image of God. I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And he loves me so much that I also need to love myself. Now, I know that's hard. This is a hard concept. 
This is really a hard concept for people. And, uh, and especially Christians, they feel like it's wrong. You know, but it isn't wrong. And, uh, and, and I can't tell you how important it is uh, to be able to love yourself. Uh, it, it affects the way you feel. It affects the way you think. It affects every area of your life. In fact, um, how... Roman number two, how do we love and care for ourselves in a biblical manner? Remember I told you you can do it in the wrong way, but in a biblical manner, we need healthy boundaries. Say boundaries. So we need healthy boundaries. Now I'm going to talk about the fact that we're created in the image of God. He's one God, but he's in how many parts? He's in three parts. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's one God, but he's in three parts. We are one person, but we are also in three parts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I desire that you be sanctified fully, spirit, soul, and body. So there's three parts. We're one person, and they're all interconnected, but there's three parts. I'm going to start with the physical. Because a lot of Christians say, well, the physical isn't important. It's just the spiritual that matters. But I want you to know the physical is extremely important. Actually, God calls your body the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, if he calls it the temple of the Holy Spirit, I believe he's put a high value on that. But sometimes we as Christians, we don't take care of our bodies. Now, you only get one temple while you're on the earth. The good news is when you go to heaven, you're going to get a new temple. All those athletic injuries are going to disappear. Uh, those of us that are follically challenged, we're going to have a full head of hair. So, uh, so I just want you to know uh, heaven's going to be great. You may not recognize me, but it's going to be awesome. <laughs> now... Here's what I want to say, though. I want to say that very clearly, very clearly, that the first thing uh, physically, and, and by the way, a lot of people say, well, it's selfish to, to love yourself. No, it's not. It's selfish to take care of yourself physically. No, it's not. Because if your physical body goes down, I mean totally down, where you die, you have absolutely no authority on earth. Did you know that? And so it's important to take care of the physical body. Um, by the way, I, uh, I've spoken uh, in a Randy Clark conference on the natural side of health because uh, God spoke to me years ago. I was sick all the time as a child and sick all the time. And he began to speak to me about the seven things I needed to do in my life. And I got to share that at a conference. I've shared that with you. I'm not talking about that today. But I do have a, a two-set two, two DVD series out there. I reduced the price. It's $20. Randy Clark produced it. And uh, it's out there. And then he also had me fly out to Pennsylvania to go to Gold's Gym. I did an exercise video. And uh, so you can get that in the bookstore. But one of the things I want to say, though, is it's really important important that, that you know that it's important to take care of yourself. And, and Jesus took care of himself. And in fact, I want you to get this scene. These disciples come back. They're all excited about ministry. There's a multitude of people just waiting to be ministered to. They're all excited. They've been on a ministry tour. Uh, I mean, they're just wound up. And they come to Jesus. You can imagine the adrenaline is pumping. And so here's, we pick it up in Mark 6, 30. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus with their ministry tour, uh, from their ministry tour, and told him all they had done and taught. I mean, they were so excited about what had happened. <laughs> then Jesus said, I love this. It's subtle, so you have to catch it. Then Jesus said, uh, guys, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. <laughs> now, they're all wound up and excited. He goes, you know what, guys, calm down. I think we need to go to a quiet place and rest. Then he says, 
He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Now, I want you to know, you can get caught up in life, you can get caught up in work, you can get caught up in all kinds of things, in ministry, you can get caught up to the degree where you don't rest, and you don't eat properly, and you don't take care of yourself. And one of the seven things the Lord showed me is, you have to have rest. Rest is very important. And if you don't come into rest, you'll, you'll burn out. A lot of, I've heard Christians say, well, it's better to burn out than rust out. Burning out doesn't bring any more glory to God. Burning out is not, it doesn't bring glory. And so it's so important that physically, you know, you, you take care of yourself. And uh, by the way, fasting is, is, uh, is a powerful way. And uh, I have, I, I try to spend a, at least a couple of days praying and fasting uh, each month. And because fasting is not part of our society, we really don't talk about it. We're good at feasting. And, uh, but we're not very good at fasting. But fasting is a valuable thing. Jesus talked about prayer and fasting. Now, fasting alone, it, when it's combined with, with prayer, it brings spiritual benefit, emotional and mental benefit, but it also brings physical benefit. And uh, I wrote a pamphlet that you can pick up for free in the bookstore. If you've already got one of these, don't pick up another one. But, but if you haven't ever gotten one of these, you can pick this up. Why fast? Understanding fasting from a biblical perspective. But one of the things from a physical part, it, and, and I just found this out this week. A chiropractor gave me an article that talks about when you fast for four days, it actually, and I'm talking about, and, and again, if you, if you have low blood sugar or you, you're a diabetic, you can't, you have to be very careful, you can't do that, but, but if you can, uh, if you fast food for those days, and you gotta drink a lot of water, it's all in here, but, but it's imp- it, they said that actually it, it boosts your immune system and kills cancer cells that might be trying to develop in your body. And I never knew that, and uh, I usually only go for two days, so I'm gonna try to go for four days, not this week, but next week and uh and so uh but but anyway i I didn't know that i know fasting has all kinds of benefits uh you know cleanses our system but but anyway uh, and again we let you fast what you fast some of you if you just fast sugar that'll be uh enough of a of a withdrawal for you uh some of you may fast fast food (laughs) uh again you know whatever you want to fast we let you fast the main thing is getting rid of the distractions so you can focus on him and so uh so from a physical standpoint, uh, it, it's really important to recognize that. Now, um, I, want, I want to move to, to the second area, and uh, basically that's emotional. Say emotional. And it's mental too, mental and emotional. It's the soulish realm. So we've got the physical, the soulish, and uh, the soul made up of mind, emotions, and will. And so uh, it's interesting that how you think about yourself really impacts you. In other words, Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a person thinks in their heart, so are they. So in other words, the thoughts that are running through your mind, if you have a lot of negative thoughts running through your mind, that's going to cause you to be negative. It's going to hurt your relationship with God, going to hurt your relationship with others, but it's also going to hurt the way you feel about yourself, and it's going it, it's, it's to cause you to pull away. And so uh, I've got to encourage you that we can reprogram our mind. We can change the way we think. And... The Apostle Paul understood this principle very well. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. I want to stop on true for a minute. Lots of times we receive things that are lies. We may receive them from our childhood. We may receive them 
you know, but however, we, there, there's lies. Now, we know the enemy, according to John 8, 44, is the, the father of all lies. So we know where those lies come from, but sometimes lies will get embedded. You know, well, my parents didn't really love me, or, or you know, uh, uh, I'm not valuable. I, I have really nothing to offer. And as those thoughts run through your mind, the question is, are they true? If you asked 100 people, would 100 people agree with those statements? No, they wouldn't. In fact, it's not true. So you, first of all, need to focus on what is true. What are the things that are running through your mind that are not true about you? Now, it feels true, but it doesn't mean it is true just because it feels true. And so God wants us, he says this, he wants us to focus on, he wants us to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about these things. And when you begin to do that, you can begin to speak those things out. You know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm the apple of his eye. Uh, he loves me so much that his son gave his life for me. Uh, you know, and when you begin to realize the value that God has placed on you, you will place a higher value on yourself. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll be able to love others uh, in a way that you couldn't do normally. I want you to know it's so important. I saw a video a few years ago that really impacted me. It's a little girl who really understands this principle. And uh, I want to show you this video because she gets it, and I want you to get it. If this little girl can get it, I believe you can get it. So let's watch it. Look, I can be a shark. Now my whole house is great. I can do anything good. I like my school. I like anything. I like my dad. I like my cousins. I like my aunts. I like my Allisons. I like my mom. I like my sisters. I like my dad. I like my I like my hair. I like my haircuts. I like my pajamas. I like my stuff. I like my rooms. I like my whole house. My whole house is great. I can do anything good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> you may not remember anything I said, but you'll remember that. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I just want you to know how important it is to set boundaries physically for yourself, to set, you know, it's really important to exercise, it's important to eat well, all those things, you know all those things. I mean, I don't need to tell you. And oftentimes people make resolutions. Well, you know, I, don't, I look in the mirror and I don't like myself, so I'm going to... I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. And let me tell you, resolutions don't usually work. Uh, the gym's full in January, but by March, it's back to normal again. And uh, because the reason resolutions don't work is we need to make lifestyle changes, and they need to be connected with the Lord, because he helps us. Uh, and, you know, you might look in the mirror and say, well, I don't like the way my nose looks, and I don't like the way my ears stick out, or I don't like the way my head sticks out above my hair. You know, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be, I want you to know God made you the way you are. And he wants you to love and accept yourself just the way you are. So physical, emotional, let's talk about the spiritual. The spiritual uh, is really staying connected to him. Now the incredible thing is when Jesus Christ comes into our life, it opens up a whole new relationship with the Father. 
and we're able to call him Abba Father, which is the most intimate term for Father. Uh, we have a relationship with the Father. We have a relationship with Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And yet sometimes we don't value that relationship. We get so caught up in all the things of this world and all the things of our life that we're so caught up that we don't value that. And God wants us to really value that relationship. He wants us to pour energy in, into him. He wants us to stay connected. You know, it's interesting, in John 15, these are some of the last words Jesus spoke to his disciples. In John 15, 5, he said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides or lives or dwells in me, he or she it is that bears much fruit. So that connection with him is so important. Now, here's the amazing thing. Jesus Christ, son of God, was with God from the beginning, came down to earth and really did not operate out of deity. Now, he was the son of God still, but he's also called the son of man, which showed his humanness. He was fully human. The scripture says that he was tested in every way like us, tried and tested, but, with, but he didn't sin. So he understands the struggles we go through. <clears throat> but here's the thing. Jesus had an incredible relationship with the Father. And in John 5, 19, he talks about that. Jesus gave them the answer. And here's the answer for all of us. Very, and if this is true for Jesus, it's got to be true for us. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing. Now, that word sees in the Greek actually has the meaning of experiences from the Father. So what he experiences from the Father, he says, I, I can't do anything except what I experience from the Father because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So he recognized that his relationship, he was so dependent upon God to do what God would show him to do. He would walk in that obedience to it and the scripture tells us that to obey is better than sacrifice. So he would operate according to that relationship. And that's the way God wants us to spiritually. And so that's why it's important to connect. It's important to connect in the morning. It's important to connect in, you know, through the day. It's important to connect at night. It's important to connect. In, you know, we can connect with him anytime in the middle of the night. That's the amazing thing. It says he never, neither slumbers nor sleeps. So he's always available to us. And so we always have this connection with him. That's why prayer is important. And prayer is two-way, by the way. It's not just us telling him what we need. It's listening and allowing him to download to us, impress upon our hearts, to, to show us the love that he has for us. I mean, we can sense that love. And to direct our steps. I gotta tell you, it's so, so important to allow him to, to direct our steps and to be connected to him spiritually. Um, and again, prayer and fasting is a very powerful way of doing that. I'm a little ADHD, you know, and uh, so as a result, when I get away and pray and fast, I can get a, rid of the distractions and I can really connect with him. Now, not, you, not all of you may not have that ability to get away like that, but it's very helpful if you can, or even if you can just spend some time with him, even if it's in your own basement or in your, you know, in your house or wherever it might be. So I just want to encourage you to just have that time. He, he loves to communicate with us. I've never heard him audibly, but he impresses things on our heart, and he communicates with us, and so I just want to encourage you in that way. Uh, num Roman numeral three, discover how much God loves, say loves. loves, discover how much God loves us and live in his love. Now, I got to tell you, this is so, so important. You know, I think um, I, I didn't receive Jesus till I was 28 and a half years old, and my life was just in a downward spiral. Uh, I was headed 
toward death. I mean, I, I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for Jesus coming into my life. But I gotta tell you, the thing that really impacted me most was the incredible love that I felt when he came into my life. I was, incre- I was so unlovable. I mean, I had messed up my life, broken relationships, uh, just drugs, just, I mean, I'm not going into it all, but, but my life was totally a disaster. And yet he came into my life and I could feel his love. Now, as an ex-wrestler, I wasn't given to crying. But I'll tell you, I cried for those first few weeks. I cried almost at the drop of a hat. It wasn't out of sadness. It was out of this incredible awe that I had for him, that he could actually love me. I felt like I was unlovable. How could, how could God love me? And yet he did. And it began to change my life, and it still changes my life. He still, I still come into to understand even greater depths of his love. And I feel like I've only scratched the surface. I believe we've just scratched the surface. Now, when we're in heaven with him, we're going to experience that to the fullness. But he wants us to know his love here on earth. Because when we know his love, then we can share that love with others. And it motivates us in a way. And, and by the way, that love is unconditional love. I think uh, Aaron, during the worship, he said, you can't do anything to make God love you more and you can't do anything to make God love you less. He loves you so much. And I think sometimes we don't understand that. When we make a mistake, we go, oh no, God's really upset with me. He's really down on me. He's not. He loves you. Just like when your child makes a mistake. You still love that child. You know, you want to help them in that mistake and there's consequences to mistakes, but his love isn't withdrawn. And when you know that, you can run to him when you make a mistake. And his grace is there. And you know, when you understand his grace and it comes in, it picks you up and and releases you from from the things that those mistakes, the destruction they can bring into your life. I want you to know that it's so important to be able to receive that grace and that mercy and that love and not to turn from him. Now, we're going to receive communion today and uh, it's going to be an opportunity for you. Maybe there's areas where you haven't been loving yourself. You know, there's areas in your life where you've struggled. Uh, I want you to know that I had a tremendous encounter with the Lord on on Friday. And it was an encounter that really, really impacted my life in an incredibly powerful way. And I have just been living in that reality of the reality of who he is. And I want you to know it's changed the way I see things. And I believe that God wants us to encounter him at various times in our life, not just when we get saved, not just when he comes into our life, but I believe that there's an ongoing desire for him if we'll allow him to do that in our life. And I want to encourage you. You know, we have people in the prayer room praying before every service for you to experience him, to experience God, not to just hear a nice message and sing some nice songs, but to really encounter him, experience his presence, not just today, but throughout the week, because that's his desire for you. Leif Hetland will be here in two weekends from now, and I, I want to encourage you, do not miss out on this. This is the guy I go to Pakistan with, and uh, as, you know, it's, very, it's very dangerous. Uh, I always think, well, maybe now I'm going to get to go to heaven. <laughs> we have machine gun bodyguards with us, and, but uh, I have, there have been over one million Muslims who have made some type of a response to Jesus uh, during the, the 18 years that Leif has been going to Pakistan. I haven't been going that long with him, but we're planning to go again. I'm not supposed to tell you when <laughs> because of the dangers involved, but it's sometime this spring or sometime late winter, spring. Anyway, it's in that realm. But, but anyway, here's what I want to say to you. Leif says that the most powerful thing that happened in his life And there were a lot of powerful things that happened in his life. But it was a baptism of love that he experienced. 
because he felt unloved as a child, he felt unloved, and I think a lot of us feel that way. But he experienced this incredible baptism of love, and it transformed his life. And when he goes to Pakistan, he is called the apostle of love because he flows in such love, and of course, miracles occur. And in those times, you know, the, the miraculous happens, and that's what causes uh, Muslims to recognize Jesus and, and to, you know, acknowledge him. And, and again, it's, it's, it's such an amazing thing because love is so powerful. And so it's important to love God. It's important to love yourself, and it's important to love others. Now, Jesus changed. It's interesting. Before he went to the cross in John 13, 34, 35, he changes. He said, a new commandment I give you. Now, the old commandment was love your neighbor as yourself, but he says, a new commandment I give you. He said, I want you to love others as I have loved you. Now, how does Jesus love us? He loves us unconditionally. There's nothing, nothing that can stop him from loving us. So when we understand his love, that changes our concept. We begin to be able to love unconditionally with others. When we experience his grace, we can show grace to others. When I first started pastoring, I would get upset when somebody would make a mistake because I felt responsible. And the Lord said, no, no, no. You need to love those people through the mistakes. You need to put your arms around them. You need to encourage them. You need to strengthen them, not get mad at them. And so it's really important. You don't take responsibility for your children. You don't take responsibility for others. You love them. You stand with them. You pray for them. You do everything you can because that's what God does with us. And we're not responsible for other people's decisions. You need to know that because otherwise you won't be able to love them. And so it's so important that we walk in that place of love and grace and that we can show the way he is. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians are condemning you know, and they bring condemnation. And I want you to know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, according to Romans 8.1. And so when you begin to understand him, you know, it, 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 it just increases the, the, the value of walking with him. I want to I say this is a Psalm 139. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. That's why I had you say, I praise you. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're made in the image of God. And he loves you so much. Uh, for time's sake, I'm going to jump down in 1 John 4. I've put it in context, but I'm going to read the last verse, verse 16. And in fact, let's read it together. Let's read verse 16 together. It says this. We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. Now, did you hear that? <laughs> God is love. And those that live in God live in love. And those that live in love live in God. They can't separate the two. And so we get to walk in that experience of his incredible love. Yesterday, I was going through uh, just reading some scripture. And this scripture came to me that I think is very powerful. I'm going to close with this. And then we're going to move into communion today. And I believe during communion, God is going to reveal things to you so that you can really truly put away the lies, really begin to love yourself, forgive yourself for the mistakes you may have made and you're still beating yourself up. Jesus forgave you 100%, but you say, well, I can't give myself, I can't forgive myself 100%. Well, you've put yourself above the blood of Jesus and that's a horrible form of pride. So you need to forgive yourself. You need to go on. Otherwise, that bitterness and unforgiveness will really take you down. And so you'll have an opportunity in just a minute uh, to be able to do that. But I want to go to Ephesians chapter 3. 
And uh, I'm going to start with, we'll, we'll have verse 17 up, and 17 to 20. I'm going to start with 16, because this is the prayer Paul prays for the church in Ephesus. I believe it's a prayer for all of us. It's my prayer for you. I pray that from his glorious Unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. And then verse 17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Did you hear that? Your roots will actually get grounded and rooted in his love. And may you have the power to understand all, with all God's people, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. See, we can't fully comprehend his love, but we can begin to experience it. And, and then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now all glory be to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish, accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Did you hear that? I want to read that again. Now, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Do you know that God wants to do more in your life than you can even ask or that you can even imagine or think? That's the kind of God we serve. That's why it says, greater is he who's in us than he that's in the world. And we need to allow that love. You know, God cares much more about the kind of people we are than the accomplishments. When you get to heaven, he's not going to say, what did you accomplish? What are all your accomplishments? He's going to say, did you become more like me? Did you love? Did you love others as I have loved you? I want you to know that's the key to life. That's the key to fullness of life. That's the key to enjoying life. And so, Heavenly Father... As we come this morning and before we receive communion, we come to you, Lord. And if you're here this, this, this morning, I just want to say, unless you've really received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not enough to just know that he died for you. It's so important that you personally invite him in for the sin in your life. He's died to forgive you of that, to break that barrier. He's there to love you. It's so important that you invite him in personally. You might say, I did that at one time, but I've strayed away. Well, it's so important that you come back to him because his arms of unconditional love are just waiting for you to return. So if you're in either one of those categories with every head bowed, I'm not gonna have you stand or come forward, but I want you to just raise a hand. We had several last night. I want you to raise a hand if either for the first time or you're returning to him uh, this morning. It's so important before we receive communion. Raise it high. God bless you, I see that hand. Other hands. God bless you, I see that hand over there. God bless you. Other hands, God bless you. God bless you. Other hands. I don't want to miss you. God bless you over that side. I see you. God bless you. I'll tell you what. Put your hands down. I want you to say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Jesus that he gave his life for me. Please forgive me of all my mistakes, all my sin. Thank you that you do. Jesus, come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. I'm yours, Jesus. You're my Lord and Savior. I'm coming back to you. Let's give Jesus a great hand. God bless you. 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 Tell you what, we're going to receive communion. Here's how we're going to do it. Some people like to take communion alone. It's a private time form. Other people like to take communion with a friend or with a you know, family or spouse, however you want to do it. The key is that you really connect with him. 
Don't do it in a religious way. Don't say I'm not worthy. <laughs> That's why Jesus died, to make us worthy. So he wants you to receive from him freely this morning. And so go ahead and receive what represents the broken body. Lord, I thank you that in that broken body, your body was broken, that we might be whole. We're broken in a lot of places, but we thank you that you're putting us back together. And Lord, I thank you for the blood that's represented by that cup, the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin, breaks all guilt and shame, and causes us to walk close to you and have an impact on others. So Lord, we give you the glory today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, there's gluten-free here and there's gluten-free back there. But do me a favor, don't take the gluten-free unless you are gluten-free. <laughs> Uh, then there's also communion at both of those ends. So I think there's one on that end. Is there one on that end? Oh, over here. I'm sorry. <coughs> it's over there. It's there and there, <coughs> there and there. So you guys just come, come. You can come alone. You can come a group. Just come however you want. Father, I thank you. You're going to minister to people's hearts. They're going to learn about your love in even a deeper way. You're going to open their eyes. We're going to be able to forgive ourselves and walk in the places that we need to walk. In Jesus' name. Go ahead.